wonderful to grow in would be in the Word of God, to study the Word of God, to consider seriously, Lord, the words of God, your words in the Bible, scriptures, to, to really meditate. And so I pray that you would help us all to grow. None of us have arrived. All of us have deficiencies in our study habits and our reading habits. And I just pray that you would all, we will all increase together for the glory of your name. And so, and Lord, speak to us of, of this the great work of redemption that you will do and that you promised to do and that you are doing and will continue to do in the lives of your people. And so, Lord, we thank you today and we bless your name. Amen. All right, the first thing, you know, uh, for thus says the Lord, verse 11, you know, the, these passages were really birthed in my heart from a dream that I had about a couple of weeks ago. And, um, and, and I felt, not that, you know, sometimes dreams are dreams, whatever, but I felt this one was from the Lord. I really felt the Lord in it. And I felt so comforted when I woke up. I, I was like baptized in comfort. This sense of God, and it put my heart, gathered, this idea of gathering his sheep. So I came to Ezekiel's passage to kind of really think about and consider this idea of gathering. And so this is when we come to the sheep to verse 11, and they stopped here and just been studying this passage. For thus says the Lord God, for thus says the Lord God, behold, I myself will search for my sheep and I will, and will seek them out. Uh, so we have here, uh, one thing that you learned uh, in, in Bible study is that I like to do is I like to, I like to pull out, I like to un underscore your verbs, you, you, you identify the verbs of, and, and those verbs become um, the things that I'm going to focus on. The, 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 the idea being communicated through the verbs, I call it the verbal idea, and I, I, then I, 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 I chew on that. Alright, so if a verse has four, ver four verbs, typically I'll, I'll take out four verbal ideas out of the scriptures. Alright, and that, I'm taking my time. The Bible, you know, is to really, it's really uh, meditate on the scripture, really find out what is God saying. And so one of the things that I do I think I have I have here. I, the first thing I, I say is what what um and we're gonna we're not gonna go through all this because we went through this, but just to kind of give you, you know, what what does the Lord, what does the text say? I want to I, I don't want to figure out what it means yet. I'm not interested. <laughs> I need to figure out first of all, right? You know what what did he say? You know, then we can then we can figure out what it means. <laughs> but the first thing is just to kind of come up with it, you know what 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 does it mean? You know, and uh, and so this is an example. Right? The Lord God has spoken. Um, for thus saith the Lord, right? So the Lord God has spoken. Um, he's spoken. And so that you know, so we, we not can work at that. Now, there's a lot of things that, that, that we said that I'm not going I'm not going to repeat. But one of the things that I, I found out is that this the, the, the saying is something that it's in the perfect tense, where it's something that something in the past that has present ramification, present consequence. And that's the word of God. God has spoken in the past. God has spoken in the past, and it has and it has effect in your life today. Amen. That's the way it is. Uh, this is the Lord. Uh, God has spoken. The other the, the other thing that I, is that that He says the Lord God, the Lord God, the Lord God has spoken. Not the Lord, not God, but the Lord God has spoken. Very important. Pay attention. Why? Because the divine names of God have have meaning. Does everyone know that God goes by different names and titles, right? Um, it's, uh, right. So, one, personally, I, I wish the English translators would have done a, would have probably adopt better. He just adopts those names, you know, right? right? It, 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 but they, but it is what it is. But praise God for the tools. But when when God speaks, it's unique from when the Lord God speaks, because His name He said, "Thus says the Lord God." In this case, He's using two names: Adonai Yahweh. Right, Adonai. So, what does that? What's the point? What's the point of Adonai? When some of you don't know this, but the word Adonai means master, and it's a master, but in a marital sense, husband would be probably even more accurate. Husband. So when God speaks in Ezekiel, He speaks as a as a husband. Now, right. If a fireman speaks to you, or my wife speaks to me, is it different? Yeah. Yeah. Very different. You know, the fireman is, gonna, is not going to say, oh, I love you. 
You're the greatest thing in my life. <laughs> the fireman would say, get out of the way. <laughs> I, got to, I got to pull out this fire. <laughs> right, so, so if God speaks, is speaking as a husband, that means that what he's about to say is filled with what? Filled with love, affection. Right? So you have to, so now bring that into the equation. Right? Bring that into the equation. If it says, thus says Elohim, that's a whole different ballgame. Right? That's a whole different ballgame. But in this case, thus said Adonai, Master, Husband. Ah, that changes the complexion of the sentence. That's not all. It's not just Adonai, it's Yahweh. Adonai Yahweh. What is Yahweh? When God speaks as Yahweh, what, what, is the, what is Yahweh? That's God's personal covenant name. It really accents his faithfulness. I'm going to be faithful to you. You may fail, I will not. <laughs> so, so, it, 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 so Yahweh stresses something a little more distinct. I'm going to be a covenant faithful God to you. That's why call me Yahweh. That's why almost always uh, <laughs> Yahweh plays a part in almost all, all the promises of God because all of these are covenantal promises. So the Lord God speaks and, and let, let's, let's um, that's just, that's just one and, and I'm not going to belabor that. Let's go on to the second observation. Um, second observation Alright, um, we've got the second observation. Behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep. Alright, right, so, now every, every one of these, we're actually, we spent the time, so, we're, but it's just something that you can ask, and, and, um, and we're going to go, we're going to go through this one, just to kind of give you a little bit of a template that I use. Alright, so the first thing I say is, hey, what does this text say? And then, um, First thing I said is that the Lord God, that I try to keep the Lord God Himself, right, uh, will search for His sheep. Uh, you know, I'm not trying to, right? Now you ask yourself, what does that mean? All right, um, there's a lot of things um, that 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 you now have to, you can figure out. Okay, let's let's start to figure out what is He saying, and then we we will we'll write it down. Now, once you've done that, the second question that is a very important is that what does this mean in its historical context? Uh, a lot of people like to read the Bible and they think about themselves only, and that's wrong. You really should not do that. The Bible was written in history, sacred history. Right? All history is, is history, right? It, it, it's, it is sacred. So we take, as Hope Community Church, we take the history of the New Old Testament and it very serious. It, this is not allegories. These are not just stories that have these meanings out there. No, these are real people in a real time, and God is speaking in that context. That context is extremely important. In fact, it's foundation. So before you, a lot of people, before you do the work as a student of the Bible to ask, what, did, what could this possibly mean in the historical context? God says in Ezekiel, he spoke this, right? Um, well, the people are in Babylon, you know, they're, they're captive, right? There's a real context, right? And, 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 we need to, and we need to get the discipline that when we read our Bibles, detach, we are so um, obsessed with ourselves that you have, sometimes we, we don't realize how much our interest is tied to what can you do for me? Right? And that's a problem in, in interpreting the Bible. Because it doesn't begin with you. It begins in history. With God speaking to a people. And that, and that situation is an extremely important for me. Right? Extremely important. I need to understand that. So what, what, can, um, what can this mean in a historical context? And we said, well, basically, we said that in the historical context, the, the leaders of Israel at that time, the shepherds, right, of Israel, the leaders, they had failed. 
If the Lord says, I myself, I'm going to search for my sheep, he's implying that the very leaders that he had there, they failed to search for the sheep. So now God has to get involved. God says, okay, get out of the way. Have you ever given somebody a task and they don't do it the way you do it? And what do you do? Yeah, I'll, I'll do it myself. <laughs> That's what's happening. I do that a lot. Now I'm learning. I'm getting better. <laughs> Get up, <away. laughs> I've been trying. You know, I've been trying to take medication. Trust me. <laughs> but 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 I, I've been getting better. You know, like, you know, the Lord says delicate. I'm like, I just want things done in a particular way. <laughs> How many can identify with me? Good. A couple of hands. You know. <laughs> but God, hey. For those of us, you know, we've got God is like that too. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> God is a gatherer. I'm I myself. I'm gonna search. He doesn't say, well, let's see, let's who else can we find to delegate? <laughs> no. It gets to a point where the Lord says, you know, I get out of here. <laughs> I'm coming. Right? So praise God, this comes a time when you know what? We gotta step in. And this idea of um I myself. It's a very, it's a, I, my, I, I myself is very rare construction in the Hebrew. Only happens twice in the Bible. Both in Ezekiel. I, I myself. Pay attention to that. I, I myself. You know, it's like this emphasis. In the Hebrew, when things are repeated, there's an emphasis. Right? Um, but, um, but, you know, just, just that whole construction um, it, it's really interesting because it does, it, it's more than just, um, you know, it's more than just emphasis. Behold, I, I myself, stop. The, when, you see, you know, when, you, when you see things like that, stop. In fact, the, 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 the scripture begins with behold, and we spent some time, I think it was Wednesday, with that word behold. Behold means to stop, pay attention, what I'm about to say. You know, when you're reading the Bible, you got to do what the Bible's telling you to do. <laughs> you know, don't read behold like you read anything else. Behold. Well, stop. The word means to pay close attention to what I'm about to tell you. I, I myself. And that word, you know, it reveals personal involvement. Right? God is going to get involved. It reveals that it, there's an urgency in a man. It's urgent. It, it, it expresses a fullness of God's desire because God is getting now involved. He's not, he's not waiting for anyone. And it also stresses the, that, it, that what he wants to accomplish is impossible apart from him. All right. But what does it mean in this historical context? The children of Israel, you know, failed to search for the children of Israel. And what we found out is as we, as we began to look at that word search, what does it mean to search? Behold, I, I myself will search. That caught my attention. It's like, okay, I got, I got to do some Bibles. I have to figure out what does it mean to search. Now, the word we found out has a lot of different meanings, but one of the things that comes out from it it means to inquire. Uh, look at Genesis 25, 22. Genesis 25, 22. And these are the kind of things you have to do as a Bible student. Uh, as much as God is able to give you, and there's a lot of good tools, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, the English might be helpful, and sometimes you have to go beyond that. But, you know, I, I want to encourage all of you, you know, what does, it mean, what does it mean to search? Is God taking a flashlight and looking for something that's lost? What is going on here? Well, well, in Genesis 25, 22, we find the same word being used. And the children struggled together with it, and she said, if it is thus, why is this happening to me? She went to inquire, inquire of the Lord. What does it mean to inquire is to seek information from someone else. To inquire of the Lord. And these leaders, going back to the leaders of Israel, right, they failed to inquire on behalf of the sheep. 
They did not know. Why, why is God wanting them to inquire to find out how they're doing? How, how are they? Well, we, we find out. Um, we find out. Uh, look, at, look at Ezekiel 34, verses 1 and 2. Right? Ezekiel 34. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. God is, these, there's something going on in Israel that God is not happy with. There's something with the shepherds of Israel. What do shepherds do? They shepherd flocks, sheep. So you, all of these metaphors are going to be very useful to kind of get to the heart of what is, what is troubling God. It has to do with the shepherds. And shepherds do one thing. They shepherd sheep. There was something in the dynamic between the shepherd and the sheep that God was not happy with in the land of Israel. I am prophesying against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds, Thus says the Lord God, Ah, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding themselves, should not the shepherds feed the sheep? You see, um, and we find out in Ezekiel 34, verses 4 through 6, look at the condition of the sheep. Look at them. 34, uh, uh, verse 4. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back, the lost you have not sought. And with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. These sheep were in bad condition. And where were the shepherds of Israel? They, were, they, were, they had no clue. God is upset about that situation, right? God, God is not happy. Look at what Proverbs 27, 23 says. Proverbs 27, 23. Know well the condition of your flock. Give attention, give attention to your herds. Right? This is such a good word for fathers and mothers, right? Parents. To know well the condition of your flock. This is not just only in the church. This, 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 this can be applied to many different, you know, and these shepherds refuse to know the condition of the flock. Now there's two ways we said, um, two ways that you can Know the condition of the flock. There are two ways. Two ways that you, I can know about how Leroy is doing. Two ways that I can know how you know, my brother Lewis is doing. My brother Ron is doing. Two ways. One is I can ask him. I can inquire. Hey, brother Ron, how are you doing? Hey, man, it's been a tough day. Ah. Why would anyone ask how he's doing? How, why would anyone ask? Because you care for them. Right? It's not, it's not, it's not rocket science. You, you care for them. You, you, you ask. You inquire. Right? When the Lord says, I myself will search. I'm going to inquire. You, 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 the idea, I want to find out how my sheep is doing. I have concern for my sheep. Therefore, I'm going to search for them. Namely, I'm going to inquire. I'm going to engage. I want to, I, I'm going to be, I want to be concerned with my sheep. I want to know how they're doing. The shepherds of Israel completely failed that. They did not care how the flock was doing. They did not even look into it. Right? They, they didn't, you know, and, and we... We, need, we ought to be encouraged to focus on one of those days, I remember Wednesday. Let's inquire of one another. If you see somebody that doesn't come to church for a couple of weeks, I would love 10 of you to come up to me, hey, what's going on with so-and-so? I have not seen them. That blesses me. Do you know that that blesses us? As pastors, when you tell us, you notice that so-and-so's been coming for a couple weeks. I like that. You know what's concerning? Those people don't show up. Nobody comes to me and says, hey, where's so-and-so? That concerns me. It may be nothing, 
It may just be people are busy, right? But it could be we're just not interested in each other. Right? It could be that ah, I've got my own troubles. I can't worry about anybody else. Well, we've all been there, right? And that, that's exactly what the Lord is dealing with these shepherds of Israel. There was an indifference to the flock. There was, they did not know the condition. They were, they were hurting. They were in pain. They were sick. They were lost. They had no clue. Right? This idea that God wants us to care for one another. God wants us to bear one another's burdens. But, we, but, but there's a place right, where we can inquire. And a lot of people sometimes, you know, and I get that. Trust me, I get that. Some people say, well, I don't want to gossip. Let me tell you something. When you come to a pastor and you ask, hey, how so? You're not gossiping. Because God has given us, God has given us, right, a, a role and responsibility to watch over your souls. Right? So, so yeah, you know, I want you to, I want you to be encouraged to be aware of what, who's missing. And pray, ask, and say, how so-and-so. Sometimes I may miss it. Rarely. But I can miss it. Hey, I didn't see someone. Do you know that someone hasn't come a couple of weeks ago? No, I didn't, I didn't even notice that. I'm glad you told me that. Right? We're human. I got my problems, too. I got my burdens, you know? <laughs> And sometimes, you know, I, I, I'm not going to be aware of it, but, but by the grace of God, I am aware. Most of the time. So you can inquire. So, so one of the ways that we can search the sheep is by inquiring for other people. Ask them. Don't be afraid. Hey, have you seen so-and-so? Now, I, I've learned that that only comes from the true love of Christ. It doesn't come from just... If you're indifferent and you really don't really care, you can't fake that. And I think there's so much of that sometimes in, in the churches in America that we really don't care that. When I was younger, man, that used to trouble me. And that, that was something that, that I, you know, I know, you know, when you would go to the hospital, have you, how, many, how many been to the hospital? And then talk to someone who's sick. Have you seen the, the look that they give you? I know that look. And I'd be like, wow. I know the look. It's the look like, do you really care that I'm in this condition? Or you're just trying to be nice. I mean, I've had that look. I've had that look. It's like, do you really care? And they look at you. They pierce you. They're looking at you like, right? I'm, I'm totally serious. And I learned from a young, it's like, I better be present in that moment. Right? I can't just be like, um, you're just doing my duty. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll pray. Praise the Lord. You know? No. You got to be present in that moment because they'll see right through that. They'll see right through it. I have a, I have a respect for people who are handicapped or always because they they're free from all of the garbage that we deal with. Of oh, I want to look good. I want to be. You know, they're free from that, so they can go straight to the heart of the matter. Do you really care? And I'll never forget. I told you the story when my dad got sick. I had that bug in me since I was a kid. I had that bug. I was like, do you really care? Do you really care? I was never easy to please that way. And my dad got sick. And I'll never forget. People would come to me, hey, it's hard to hear about your dad. And in my little mind, I was already 20, so it's not that little. <laughs> and in my mind, I said, ah, I don't think they really care. Now you might say, wow, that's kind of cold that you would really think like that. But I don't know why. It just became, from a young age, I'm very sensitive to authentic emotion. Do you really care? So my dad got sick, and I would look into these people, and I'd say, and then my mom said, I don't really care. And I'd say to myself, let me prove it to you. And Lord God said when I did this. <laughs> but I said, let me just show you that they don't care. I said, yeah, yeah. Hey, how's your dad? Oh, yeah. 
terrible. Hey, did you see the Knicks score last night? Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, what a game! Yeah. What a game! That's fantastic. And for the next 20 minutes, what are we talking about? The Knicks. The Knicks. <laughs> right? I just, for some reason, it was just like, I felt bad doing it. But it was like, I don't care. I want, I want authentic. I, I, I'm not here to play games. I, you know, and I'll never forget. Tim. We became really, I mean, he broke my heart because he comes up to me, Tim. How, how you, how's your dad doing, bud? And I said, he's not doing good. Hey, Tim, did you see, um, da, 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 da. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, don't change the conversation. How's your dad doing? Yeah. And I started crying. Because for the, moment, for the first time, I felt like, do you really care? Right? None of us are perfect. Trust me, I've blown many people off too. Right? No one of us is perfect. But boy, we but we need to push the envelope of authentic love. And say, well, let, hey, how can I help? We all have our limitations. But the shepherds of Israel, that's what God was after. It became a business. It became a job. The sheep are scattered. The sheep are hurting. And they have no clue. And they don't even inquire. They don't search them out. They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't, they're not concerned about their condition. Now that can happen at that level, but that can happen at this level too. When we're just not that concerned. Let's just being quite honest. I can't tell you because I'm in person, Lord. I'll be honest. I'm just not, I don't care that much. I know, I feel it. I feel that I'm not concerned. This is disastrous, Lord. I need to change my heart. Right? Have you ever been in touch with, with our selfishness? Have you ever been in touch with the fact that we're just kind of cold? I live there almost every day. My deficiency is before me. But praise God for Jesus Christ. Right? And we got to draw from him. But I'm aware we want to care. That's why Good Shepherd is a holy grail for me. I would never want to go to Good Shepherd and just use us as a ministry. To not, to not feel what they feel. The handicap. The struggles. I want to be there. Because that's good for me. Amen? To, um, to feel their pain. To feel the their limitations, to be there, to, to give them something to laugh, right? That brings great joy to me. Because they're, let's be honest, they're, they're just so marginalized. Who, who, are, who cares in the world about folks like that, right? But we're not like that, amen? We care, we hear, we listen, and it may be hard sometimes. But we want to take authentic interest. And we're not going to do it perfect. But the situation in Ezekiel was bad. God himself has to get involved. But that's not the only way to. I don't think that this scripture is primarily about inquiring. Behold, I will, let's go back to Ezekiel 34. Behold, I will, I myself will search, search them, my sheep. I don't think at the end of the day, I don't think the issue, the main issue is that the shepherds were not inquiring of the people of their condition. I think the primary issue is that there's a better way to find out how people are doing. Go to Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 21. Jeremiah, from the shepherds, right? Jeremiah 10, 21. For the shepherds are stupid. When I was a kid, I remember, you know, we were not allowed to say that word, right? Stupid. <laughs> I, I still try to feel like I just cursed. <laughs> but I've said this all the time in the last five years. I think I'm normalizing it. <laughs> but when I was a kid, the word stupid, ooh, I would get a spanking if I said the word stupid. But there it is in the Bible. I wish my parents were alive. God, you, you were like, you know, hitting me for like, you know, smart, right? <laughs> the shepherds are stupid. And do not inquire. Guess of who? Who? 
of the Lord. This was, I believe, at the heart of the issue. They did not inquire, forget about that, they didn't inquire the people, but worse. Because you can inquire the people all you want. But if you're not interceding before God, you are a shepherd. That's the reason why you exist, to stand in the gap between the sheep and God. Amen? Right? And they were completely failing. And the Lord says it very clearly, very crudely, the shepherds are stupid and do not inquire of the Lord. Right? This idea that at, that at the heart of the issue in Ezekiel 34, 11, when the Lord says, I myself will search for them, right? The issue was that they, these shepherds, just they, their prayer life was a disaster. They did, not, they did not know how to intercede, how to pray for the sheep. Right? God calls us, and I believe in greater capacity, right? Not to the, all the same degree. But God calls us all, I believe, to pray for one another, to stand in the gap. How much time do you spend praying for others compared to yourself? You should pray for yourself. But I believe that as you mature in the Lord, 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 bless me, Lord, I need a job, me, I, Lord, I need, I need help, I need this, Lord, look at my cancer, Lord, oh, Lord, you. I believe that, that as you mature in the Lord, you spend time more praying for other people and less for yourself. In other words, he must increase and I must decrease, right? I believe prayer, prayer, there ought to be something of that increase and decrease taking place. Right, increase of the concerns of Christ, and then my personal concerns, I'm resting in him, right? Right, be still, know that, right? Unless I know that everything's taking care of me, it sets you free. Okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? <laughs> but if we're constantly in, Lord, in the room, Lord, have you considered my problem? I've got four problems today. I'll have two more tomorrow. But, but, and you spend the entire Christian life just all absorbed in one problem after another. You're not going to grow in the Lord. God is calling us to pray for one another. Beginning with us, leaders. And I'll confess to myself, as I was reading this, I, was, I said, God, deepen my intersection for the people. Lord, it's, I want to pray. I want to give myself completely to this ministry. But you should too. You know, we live in a very narcissistic society. We're concerned about ourselves. We need to die to ourselves so that we might be free, right? We die by trusting all that I am to God. My health, my finances, God has it all controlled. Behold, it is well with my soul. Right? How many love that song? It is well with my soul. Right? So if, if it's well with our soul, you ought to be free. Okay, let's help those who are sick, afflicted, to give our lives fully to service because all is well with my soul. Amen? Here's the problem. We don't know that all is well with our soul, so we're still struggling. And we still have to be convinced and persuaded. Right? And every week we try to persuade you. All is well with your soul. Amen? Amen. It's all is well with your soul. But we have to be reminded. Remind me again. I'm reminding you. It's well with your soul because of Jesus Christ. If we really believe that, it's, it ought to, the, the fruit of that, the evidence, is always love. You know, no one can ever say that. Oh, yes, absolutely. I'm just resting in the Lord. <laughs> What are you doing for people? Nothing. But I'm resting. I, I, think, I don't think it's possible. I, it's like, if you're resting in the Lord, you automatically, you serve him. You're like, hey, can I help with anything? Consistently. Week after week, I love people like that. It's like, wow, they're so predictable. They've been here for four years, and they're so 
reliable. Nothing up, down, up, down. <laughs> like consistent. Does it mean that they have no problems? They're probably more full of problems than all of us. <laughs> but it's wonderful when we can rest in God and say, well, I'm taking care of. Amen? Amen. God wants to set us free. Let's go back to Ezekiel. Behold, I myself will search for my sheep. And with this, I, I close. Um, let's go to, you know, there's a couple questions that I do ask going back to my there are these questions that when I go to my Bible study, it, it's, it, it's, I, I, I'm not just reading. I have questions I'm asking. Because I know myself. I, you know, <laughs> I want to know what does it say. Uh, I have even put the, uh, I'm going to go to the, uh, the Christological um, sense. Uh, I want to know what it says. I want to know what it, what it means in the historical context. I want to, from there, I want to kind of figure out like, a general it's a general principle. Spiritual leaders fail when they cease to intercede regularly. Right? This is a general principle that I, I, I want. What, people say, why do you have that step in there? Just, just I want to abstract out the general idea because I'm going to need that. Leaders fail when they fail to intercede. Believers fail when, they, when, you, when you fail to care for one another. You fail. And one of the ways that we care for each other is by praying for each other. But, I want to ask, this is the, one of the key questions about Jesus Christ. How does Jesus Christ, how, how does this scripture, how Christ is going to fulfill, or, or how much does this scripture anticipate the coming of Jesus Christ? You should be asking that in every single time. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. How does that scripture anticipate Christ's coming? Everything in the Bible has to do with Jesus Christ. It's not about you. The one who's magnified in the scriptures is Jesus Christ. So I'm going to ask that question. I had to learn to ask. No, because I kept going uh, to myself. My application. I said, no, 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 stop. This is, not about, this is not about my sanctification. That's secondary. This is about the glory of Jesus Christ. Primarily. All right? And so I had to ask that question. D, um, how does this scripture anticipate the fulfillment? Christ is the good shepherd. And guess what he's going to do? He's going to, I myself will what? I myself will search it out. In other words, Christ is going to fulfill what he's saying in Ezekiel 34. Ezekiel 34 anticipates the Christ who will intercede, who will inquire before God. Now how often? Look at Romans 8. Romans 8.34. Romans 8.34. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that, who, have, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, just enjoying all the benefits of his triumph. Is that what it says? <laughs> enjoying just hanging out with God. What's he doing? He's interceding for us. Amen? This is the fulfillment of Ezekiel 34. Behold, I, I myself, will inquire of the Lord on behalf of my sheep. What is Jesus doing? He's interceding. He is praying on our behalf. Some of you might say, what's the big deal of prayer? I hope this answers the question. Prayer is foundation, essential to our salvation. The prayers of Christ. The prayers of Christ are effective. The, the, right? What the Bible says about the righteous, the, the fervent prayer of a availeth much. Well, imagine Christ. <laughs> He's the, he's the righteous one. There is a call to prayer that, that I, sometimes I'm shocked at how believers just don't get this. There's a call to intercede, a call to pray, right, that is so essential for everything that Christ is doing even today. Amen? This doesn't put anyone under condemnation because all of us fall short. All of us. But we can encourage ourselves. You know what? I want to learn to pray. I want to learn to Right? I want to learn to pray. Here's what, look at Hebrews, Hebrews 7.25. Hebrews 7.25. Consequently, he is able to say, now listen carefully to this, right? Jesus is able to say 
to the uttermost. That means it doesn't matter what kind of problems you have. It, it, you could have like six trillion nuclear weapons sh shot at you. Just at you. <laughs> it, it don't matter. That's nothing. To the uttermost. Those who draw near to God through him. Why? Because he died on the cross? Since he always lives. To do what? Make intercession for them. Is the cross not necessary? Of course it is. Of course the cross is there. That's foundational. Without the cross, you don't have it. But the ministry of Christ did not end at the cross. He is able to say, because he always lives to make intercession for you and I. He's constantly praying for you. I can't, I, can't, I don't understand it because he's talking to me, praying for me. He's talking to you too at the same time. This is crazy. Right? So he's like active, but he's God. But he's always making intercession for us, and that's how we're saved. And, and that ministry, God has given to his people so that we, by the Spirit, enter into the ministry of Christ's intercession. Does that make sense? Christ lives in you, right? The hope of glory. And if Christ lives in us, what, what is some of the things that you should be experiencing? The intercession of Jesus Christ. In you for others. It's not you, not me. It's the Spirit of God in us. Amen? Interceding for people that we don't even know. I love my little church in the Bronx. These people would cry, sobbing tears, screaming for someone that they, they never even they never even met. I'd be like, you don't know this person. I said, no, but God knows. And they would sob and weep. For half an hour. I said, man, that's beautiful. <laughs> man, that's beautiful. That God can connect. Why? Because the Spirit of God knows that person and He travails on the inside. <laughs> and you're like, you're just a vessel. And you're praying. I mean, how many of you have had that experience? You're praying, you're sweating because there's an intersection of the Holy Spirit. That's God. God wants us to, to live and walk in that. Amen? And this is not us. This is God by the Spirit. You know? So none of you can relax. You're not a prayer warrior. Jesus Christ is the prayer warrior. Amen? That's it. He's the prayer warrior. All he wants is a vessel to say, hey, can I share my ministry inside of you? And he says, yes, you are, Lord. Okay. Right? That's all. And just believe it. And let God use you to pray for others. Look, look at him. Lastly, Luke 22, 31. Look, look how powerful this prayer is. Look how powerful Luke, this, the prayers of Christ are. Right? Um, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan desires to have you. Who wants to have Peter? Satan. Satan. Uh, this is not like, you know, you know Bill James. <laughs> it's like, you know, um, the Gustavo. <laughs> you know, this is like, you know, you know, all these like, no, this is Satan. Satan wants to have you. This is like the Prince of Darkness has come to Jesus and said, that man, you can have the rest. The 11, fine, but hey, I want Peter. That's pretty bold, man. <laughs> I want pet Satan came up to Jesus and, and had, he, he had the, 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 the gall you know, <laughs> to, like, to, like, to, say, to say, hey, uh, I want him. Don't you think that, do you think Satan is still doing that? Of course he is. Of course Satan still comes to the Lord and says, you know what? I want Juan. I want Matthew. I think Satan still, still does that. You know, and then we wonder like the storms that we hit and it's because we're in a war. With the devil. And he still talks to Jesus. And he still says, Okay, I see Emmanuel. Can I have him? I believe that. If you now he won't do that with someone who's just kind of floundering, just kind of worldly, right? No. The one who says you know, Peter was it was zealous. Peter was like. Nobody will deny, everybody will go, I'll be there. <laughs> like, 
What was, what was Peter's salvation? What delivered him from Satan? Verse 32. What, what delivered him? <laughs> but. You know, he could have said, well, nah, but I'm, I'm going to the cross to die for him. Yeah. No, that's not what Jesus said. I have proof. Talk about power. Talk about like, whoa. But I have prayed for you, Peter. Relax. I have prayed for you. Talk about the prayers of a righteous man. A very much, right? right? Like, like this idea that, that prayer is such an instrument. It's a mystery. Let's be honest. There's a mystery behind this work of God through prayer. And I just want to encourage us all this year. Let's get into the, into the heart of God. Let's seek Him. Let's ask God. Teach us to pray. Teach us to intercede. Teach us to not be uh, passive, but to be engaged in the heart of God. Amen? Amen. So much is at stake. Wouldn't it be wonderful that uh, people can come up to us and say, hey, I'm, I'm going through this. I think I'm not going to make it. And you can say, ah. <laughs> but I have prayed for you. We can speak that in the same conflict because we are in Christ. Amen? We're not doing, well, who else Jesus? But me, I'm like, you know. No, we are. Christ is in us. Amen? So we can speak with authority. We can speak with confidence. But I have prayed for you. Now, one of the things that I do, that as soon as I, I can see in the crowd people who are drifting, I pray for them. Lord, something is happening to so-and-so. God deliver them. And it's amazing how God has ordained that it's through the prayers. How many times that Paul would say, I trust that I will be delivered through your prayers. Let's pray for one another. Let's not just go through the motion. Let's really intercede before God on behalf of God's people. And the Lord says as evidence, and when you have turned again, not if, when. Amen? Well, I'm going to end right there. We'll pick up one last. Let's go to the application end. Let's go to the application question. There are a couple of questions. One of the other questions I asked in the text is, I get this from Isaiah, how does the text declare the end from the beginning? Um, one thing I learned years ago, that all, that all scriptures, God says, I declare to you the end from the beginning. In all the scriptures, God declares something about the end. And I've found that to be extremely helpful. So I actually asked, how does the text declare the end from the beginning? And speaking something about the conditions of the last days. And I believe in the, I believe the last days, there's going to be a rise of shepherds that will not care for the sheep. I believe that. In fact, I believe we're already seeing that. I believe in the last days, the condition of Ezekiel 34 is anticipating a time. Because these things were written for us. Not for the people that were written for us. And I believe that in the last day, there's going to be a rise of shepherds that will not care, will not search them out, will not seek out the sheep. I believe, I believe that. But then finally, I asked the last question. Um, how does this text, how can I apply the truth, the truth of God in this text? And so for some of you, maybe you can't see it. But it says, let us ask God to increase in us the spirit of intercession for the house of God. Amen. And let me just, Romans 8, 26, 27. While we stand, let's stand. Romans 8, 26, 27. This is an encouragement. I want, I want you to leave today. Uh, this God wants us to inquire of the Lord for the sake of others. 
to pray for others, right? And all of us will be in a different level. You know, if, if, a, if a new believer is saved today, God's not expecting the same inquiring of the Lord from a, someone who's been walking with the Lord for 10 years. God, God, is, God is, you know, so everybody according to the level, according to the, uh, the measure of faith that God has given. So don't, don't, don't be like, well, you know, nothing is too small. Don't despise the, the small beginnings. But uh, what I want you to know is how important the ministry of prayer and intercession is for the house of God, for the for the for the, the, the work of redemption. Jesus Christ Himself is still interceding. He's still like, and He's inviting us into this ministry. He's inviting us. To, that's why it's called. This is called hope, a house of prayer and exaltation. Right? We, we would we would love to see Thursday nights. Thursday night, that's the heart of the church. That's when we come to pray. We, we, we do some scripture, uh, study scripture, but, but that's when we, we, we want to learn to pray for one another. And so here's what I want you to leave with this with wonderful promise. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, our weakness of prayer. How many of you have a weakness of prayer? I do. We all do. I don't care who we are. <laughs> we, we all do. But the Spirit helps us, for we do not know what to pray for. As we know, we don't. Uh, so just, just, just accept it, embrace the division, <laughs> just embrace it. You know, you know, but the Spirit Himself, <coughs> remember that? I, I, myself? <laughs> but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Right? So you, there's a promise that doesn't have to do with your capacity or your ability. Your ability is garbage. My ability is garbage. Forget about that. We, we're nothing. But the Spirit of God in us is a whole different ballgame. Amen? Amen? And it goes on, verse 27, right? Uh, and he who searches, here we go. <laughs> that word search, right? The idea of searching, I myself will search my sheep, right? He who searches hearts. This is the this is Spirit of God. Knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. This is a continuous ministry of Christ by the Spirit that we can pray and ask God. Amen? Amen? Amen. This is, this, let's go into this new year with a greatest sense of, Lord, I want to grow to learn to pray. To really seek God, I remember. I never forget when I was in West Westminster, and um, and I heard the sound. I said, "Whoa, what's that sound?" And I said, "It reminds me of my little church in the Bronx." I said, "I know that sound." And I, went, I turned to Professor Whitmer, and um, Professor Whitmer was like, "Oh yeah, those are the Koreans." I'm like, "Okay, point to me the room." <laughs> And I said, oh yeah, go down the hall, and the first door to your left. And I said, okay, I'm hearing the sound, and when I opened the door, I was so blown away to see these young Koreans and the way they were praying. This praying. I said, oh God, that's prayer. <laughs> And the sound, it sounded like a, a like an ocean. And I don't forget that day. I said, man, in, in this Presbyterian seminary. It was so odd. I was like, this is so weird. Presbyterians are known to be quiet and shh, don't they work. But you know, but then they were curious. <laughs> and I was just so blessed that day as I opened that door, and those young Koreans were like just travailing. That's that's not them. That's not them. That's something. And if you know anything about the Korean church, I don't know if you know them, but can you believe that they meet every morning? You know that? Every morning. Six o'clock in the morning. Every single day for like 72 years. <laughs> and they come and they pray. Now, of course, you know, sometimes people get religious with all this stuff and sometimes... But, but having done some work with the Koreans, I, I just, my respect grew because how the Spirit of God blew into that country 
and raised up, really, some warriors for Christ. And what we, what we understand today is that the number one country that sends out missionaries is Koreans. What I'm saying is that the prayer is key. 2023, I, want to, I know we're going a little longer today, but, but bear with me. But I want us to really ask God to take us deeper. I'm asking God, take me deeper, Lord. Not just praying for myself. I want to pray for others. Now let's start by praying for ourselves. If you, you know, so don't, don't be like, well, I'm going to pray for mom. I'll pray for Charlie. <laughs> what are you praying? My heart hurts. But Lord, I'm praying for Joey. No, you know, just pray for yourself. Just pray. Lord, I'm upset about something. It's okay. <laughs> don't try to mask it. But as you feel the Lord, encourage you and restore you. Say, okay, Lord, thank you so much for it. And Lord, no, I'm just going to pray for Bob. I just, graduates, you know, just to ask God. We need prayer for one another. So many people battling things. Do you guys know that? So many, even in our congregation, are struggling with physical things. Tremendous, like, struggles, mind struggles, spiritual struggles, right? Can't sleep. So people are fighting. We're fighting a war. And we need the prayers of the saints. If we're gonna, this year's going to be tough. I'm not, I can't tell you anything else. It's going to be tough this year. You know the judgments of God are beginning to fall. You know, so, so it's not rocket science tomorrow. It's going to be a tough year. In the natural, right? Not a tough year in the spirit. Not at all. I think if you hold on to Jesus Christ, it's going to be a wonderful year. So let's pray. And I want to, you know, I'll, I'm going to turn this into a whole altar call. Give us a moment to pray. That's God. You know, Lord, I want to grow. And maybe for some of you, maybe for some of you, you're not able to grow. But maybe for some of you, say, I'm going to start coming to Thursday night. I want to learn to pray. And that, wouldn't that be wonderful that, you know, we could have an increase? Don't come because you feel, oh, <laughs> come anyway. Maybe they want to take you. <laughs> Sometimes you know, we can come with a bad attitude. But how many times people have come and they tell me, like, man, I really enjoyed tonight? People have all these expectations and they feel like, oh, I'm going to be weird. I don't, like to, I don't like to pray out loud. And it's like, you know, you know are you going to let that stand in the way of the ministry of Jesus Christ using your life for the blessing of other people? Like, that's the height of, right? To be used as a vessel of God for the, for the glory of God, for the benefit of others, is everything better? It's nothing better than life. You hit the jackpot. You scored three touchdowns. And how much we prevent the Lord because it was so. But the Lord can change us. Amen? How many have faith that, that God is going to change us? Amen? So, so let's, you know, I'm not going to relate to this no more, but I'll just give you a moment to just pray and just ask Him in your own in your ways. Lord, we are, we just understand the, the, the great importance. You said, my house shall be called, not a house of preaching, not a house of singing, not a house of fellowship, not a house of outreaches. Nope. You said, my house. Your house. We could raise all kinds of houses, but your house will be called, without exception, a house of prayer. Make this your house, Lord. Let there be an increase, oh God, of that wonderful ministry of prayer. And you spoke those words, Lord, to a backslidden religious institution who had turned, Lord, the court 
of, for the Gentiles, they had turned it into merchandise. And you had to flip tables and get rid of it and clean the courtyard. Because that courtyard was supposed to have been for the Gentiles to begin to see the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And to draw near. And I love it when it says that after you clean the house and you flip the tables, I love it when it said, then the needy and the blind and the lame, they came to you. And I just pray today, Lord, that you would God, you would just help us as a church, as individuals, to take up this ministry. Lord, this is a, a message for for maturity, Lord. That we want to we want to grow. We're not, Lord, we don't want to just tickle our ears. Lord, there was a situation in Ezekiel that, Lord, you were um, angry by because these shepherds just did not inquire of the Lord. They were without prayer. They did not intercede. They were careless. They did not, Lord, bring the concerns of the sheep. And you, you yourself made a, a permanent difference forever for the sake of your people. And now you invite us into your ministry. You invite us, Lord, to pray and to seek God and to Lord, lift up the knees of the people of God. And I'm asking you today, Lord, that you would help us all in this ministry in all different kinds of ways that we would not give up, but that we would be a people that would, Lord, just begin to learn to pray and trust you and just allow the Holy Spirit to breathe in them the passions of Jesus Christ, the desires of Jesus Christ. You have desires, Lord, you... You say zeal for your house consumes you. And there's enough zeal in you for all of us, Lord. And you can give us all, Lord, your zeal, and, and you would have not lost an ounce. And I just pray today, share your zeal, your passion for your house with many of us today, Lord. With all of us. Let there be a desire to see the kingdom of God come and the will of God done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we thank you, Father. I pray, encourage us. Lord, you, you, you want us to be fruitful and useful. And there's nothing like the, the ministry of prayer and intercession and inquiring of the Lord. So help us today. Help us to strengthen us in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, whatever time is best. I pray that, Lord, we would give ourselves to this precious ministry. For the glory of your name. So we thank you. Thank you, Father, so much, Lord. We pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to dismiss, but we're not going to completely dismiss. We got we to.